0: Hello, I'm Dr. Yishan, a board-certified sleep psychologist. So now we are at the end of summer vacation. A lot of parents start worry about how their children are gonna get used to the school schedule because now in summertime, their children normally go to bed really late and get up really late. So I have two suggestions for our parents here. First, if your children's school hasn't started yet, you may want to start adjusting their wake-up time by 15 minutes earlier every one to three days. Why? I always emphasize, if we can keep a consistent wake-up time, that will help us to adjust our bedtime and eventually adjust our whole circadian rhythm because our circadian rhythm resets every single morning. So our wake-up time is so important. but wake up time is more manageable. If you are able to uh, help your children's wake up time to shift earlier by earlier, eventually get closer to the school startup time, then your children's whole sleep schedule will be shifted accordingly. How to do that? For example, if your children been going to bed around midnight and get up around 10 or even noontime, Ah, uh, then you start shifting. If you're, for example, if you have a child get up around 10 a.m. Uh, or after 10 a.m. consistently, then you start wake them up at 10 a.m. sharp. Okay. After one to three days, you start move it to 9:45. After several days, move forward to 9:30. So keep on doing that by 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Eventually move to a time that close enough to the school time. If you do this early enough, give your child like several weeks, uh, ideally at least several days of this transition period that will really help your child out. Because um, if your children been getting used to a different circadian rhythm, a sleep pattern, then suddenly school starts, they have to do a sharp shift That's very easy to cause a lot of uh, physical, especially mental struggles. Some children may have difficulties to get up in the morning for the school, and that causes frustration for both children and parents. And a lot of children may get irritated, right? They have to get up so early. Or they may even develop some symptoms of insomnia temporarily at night because they've been used to go to bed so late and get up so late. Suddenly they have to get up early and they have to go to bed early. They cannot fall asleep easily. That needs a transition period. So try to build this sleep transition period into their sleep schedule before, ideally weeks before school starts. So they have time to really adjust their whole schedule. The second method is to help children build a healthy sleep, wind down routine. So that happens at night. Okay, We just talk about in the morning time what we do. So now we talk about at night, what should we help children to do before bedtime? So we want them to learn how to wind down, relax, and soothe themselves at night before sleep. The more they learn how to entertain themselves in their bedroom or on bed, the faster they're gonna fall asleep, the less likely they're gonna run off bed and bother parents at night. So I encourage all the parents who are listening explore some bedtime routines, bedtime activities with your children. Uh, It could be a book they really like, music, certain kind of toys they like to play. So do those the same way every day at night, right before the bedtime. You can leave like half an hour to one hour buffer time to do this kind of wind down activity. For younger children, you want to make it very routinely every single day, very consistent. Okay. It's, um, in about one hour, you're going to go to bed. Let's do five activities. One, two, three, four, five. And we do these five activities every single night. So that really help your children to build this, um, connection between their brain and their bedtime so they associate this kind of bedtime routine as soothing, relaxing, enjoyable and lead to sleep so they are more likely to sleep naturally there are several things you have to pay attention to so the wind down activities for children they cannot be too much too exciting okay for example if children love like fighting games that may not be the best idea to do right before bedtime. If they are too excited, then they may have difficulties falling asleep. On the other hand, you don't want these activities to be too boring. If it's far too boring, the children will not just stay in their room to do those. They may just running around, they may run out of their room, look for the parents. And uh, uh you know now the whole household, nobody's gonna sleep or relax. So the idea to have this kind of one-down activities is really to help train children to learn how to connect with their own tiredness in their body, how to feel the calling of the brain, see I'm tired, your body is tired, the brain is tired, and I feel sleepy right now. It's time for bed. So we want to help children to realize those internal signals, to build this habit, to rely on their biology to fall asleep naturally and easily. So last year, I talked to Dr. Schneeberg from Yale University. She is a child sleep specialist, and she wrote a really great book on helping children to sleep. So let's review some of my conversation with her from last year.
1: Um, So what I usually say to folks is, you know, you really want to start thinking about what's that rise time that you're going to need at the end of August. And then, of course, start to work your way back to that. And I think the easiest way is to focus on the rise time, because you can't really make a child go to sleep at at a certain time, but you can help them wake up at a certain time. And you can begin moving it back by about 15 minutes every few days, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, until you arrive at that school day rise time that they're going to need at the end of August.
0: Oh, I like that. So we always talk about morning rise time is the anchor of the day. Yes. So just a little bit question there. Some parents think, well, waking up children or teenagers in the morning, is not that easy. <laughs> what do parents normally do? Anything effective? Sure. And they are right about that. It is very hard. So
1: there are a few things that set, you know, your brain clock, your circadian clock. And the three most important ones are activity, some physical activity. It can be really mild activity. You know, it could be stretching or a little walk to the mailbox and back or walking the dog and then sunlight exposure. So getting outside. You know, pretty close to the rise time. And then having a meal, even if it's small, you know, for a teenager, even if it's a protein shake or something really simple, a little cup of yogurt, anything, because we know that all our organs have clocks, right? We know that now. And your stomach has a clock. And when something shows up, right, it realizes, oh, it must be morning. It tells your brain that it's morning. And so as you're moving that rise time back, it's really smart for any age, especially teenagers to have that activity, that sunlight exposure, and that food. But there are ways to make that bedtime go more smoothly. Because if you are going to put your child in bed 15 minutes earlier, let's say, you know, knowing that at the beginning, they're not going to fall asleep right away, then I'm a big believer in what I call the bedtime basket, which means that next to the child's bed, you put a little basket of activities, picture books, books, um, little toys, drawing pads, Those fun little drawing pads where you draw and you push a button and they erase automatically, um, coloring books. And so you might go ahead and finish your routine, tuck them in, say good night. And then they might say, I'm not tired, mom, or it's still light out, dad. And you can say, I know, but you can use your basket to relax with in your bed with your reading light until you're drowsy. And then at least they have the opportunity for sleep, right? And if they're drowsy and the routine's over, they might just drop off. Or they might do what a lot of adults do. They might relax in their bed for a few minutes with a book or something until they truly are drowsy enough to go to
0: sleep. Oh, sounds like parents can use this kind of a by basket to really help uh, their kids to feel soothing and to entertain themselves, sounds like, ready to sleep. Exactly.
1: Because if a child's bored in bed, you're going to see them again, right? They're going to show up in the living room. You know, or they're going to call you for the variety of excuses, right? Could you look under my bed? Could you open the closet door? I would like ice for my water. I forgot to hug the dog or whatever it is, right? You're going to hear from them and see them again. Um, I always call them, I always call those extra requests. I call them callbacks and curtain calls, right? So they're either calling you back or they're showing up in the living room to make a curtain call and the basket really helps with that.
0: Wow. Yeah, totally. Totally. I have clients who are moms talk about their kids, always have all kinds of reasons. Oh, mom, my hand hurts. Can you kiss it a little bit? Oh, mom, I want water a little bit. Can you give me another story? Sounds exactly what you mentioned.
1: So true. They're very, very creative. There's one other trick for that, and that's called the bedtime ticket idea, right? So you make two little tickets out of anything. They could be index cards, post-it notes. They could be poker chips. They could be anything. And when the routine's over and you're tucking them in with their basket, you give them two little chips or two little tickets. And then when they call you back, you know, and say, my left foot itches, you know, you say, okay, I can help you with that, but that costs a ticket. Or I forgot to hug the dog. You know, you can bring the dog in for a hug, but that costs a ticket. And after you spent your two tickets you're out of tickets, and then you are meant to just use your basket until you're drowsy. So that's another really great way to set a little bit of gentle limits on those extra requests.
0: So hopefully these two tips I shared can really help you and your children. If you tried any of this, please leave me a message. Let me know how did it go. If you have more questions for me, please feel free to message me through my website, deepintosleep.co. And uh, if you want to check out more of my insomnia course uh, in Chinese and English, you can go to the website deepintosleep.co forward slash courses. I have created three sleep retreatment courses to help people optimize their sleep habits and treat their insomnia symptoms. You can find more information there. I'm Dr. Yishan. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. If you want to listen to the whole conversation I had with Dr. Schneeberg, please go back to episode 90 to find out more details we discussed in that episode. So hopefully you liked today's episode and got some good information from it. If you have any questions for me, please feel free to message me on my website at deepintosleep.co or email me at ishan at mindbodygarden.com. If you want to find out more about my Chinese and English insomnia treatment course, you can go to the website at deepintosleep.co forward slash courses to find all three courses I have created. Thank you for listening. Hope you all enjoy the rest of the summer. I'm Dr. Yishan. I will see you next time.
1: Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed.